our guest tonight, Gundog. So welcome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Big fan of you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. We've been dying to have you on for a while. So well, that's good to know. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. That's mostly Facebook. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we have two messages today, one through Facebook, and that is from Zane Kiff Miller. And he said, hey, just thought I'd make a comment about your last episode. I really enjoyed the episodes where it's just the two of you speaking about stuff going on. It's really refreshing, and I personally think you should do one once a month. Thank you for that, Zane. We'll take that into consideration, and you never know. It might work out. So I second that request. All right. There you go. Now you have to. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I guess it's a mixed bag. So here's what I'm going to tell you, and Brad knows this already. If you look at our numbers, the, the pods of me and Brad are, are are not as good as the pods when we have a guest on. Really? So so. I mean, it's just, I, mean, I, I wouldn't brag about. It. They're not terrible, but they're just not as good as sometimes having a guest. So it, it would make us feel sometimes that maybe people don't want to listen to us, and that's okay. I mean, not that they do. I mean, they, I mean they don't. But I mean, you know, whatever. I I I think there's Brad and I talk about it all the time of it just being me and him. That's yeah. Let me you guys have good chemistry together, though, man. So I think you guys should uh, you know continue doing the guests, but I think you guys should also take time to you know educate the people and and, and just do what you guys do best, man. You know, yeah. you're just having fun. Two guys having fun, man. That's that's what it's all about, right? That's, and, a, that's true. Good, good information, and there's so much negativity in the world that it's good to get some positive. Uh, feedback or positives to talk about positive things so that's how i look at it i'm feeling that yeah i mean it's just a reason for me and steve to get together so yeah yeah all right and our second message is from genevieve claire lafleur a former guest and she sent an email and she said hey gents since you guys talked about getting outside of your comfort zone in the last pod i thought i would send another email as written communication is really outside my comfort zone, I will rewrite rewrite something a thousand times, erase it, and leave things unsaid because it honestly scares me. So, I said it. If anyone else is listening to you read this, I challenge them to email the pod and get all squirmy like I feel right now. So, down to business. I had a couple suggestions of things I thought would be cool to hear in your pod and wanted to share them. So stop reading aloud here if you like any of the following you want to keep to yourselves and possibly use. Her first suggestion was a pod takeover where we have someone kind of ask you guys the questions and all allow us to get to know you more, get to know more about you. You guys do share about yourselves a lot in small pieces, but it would be kind of cool to flip the table. And her second idea was a top five idea, and that would be top five fundraising events, charities, volunteer opportunities in Alpena. She says, keep it up. I look forward to seeing new episodes, downloading, and appreciate the time you two have put into this as well as your guest, Claire. So, thank you, Claire. I appreciate that because I love emails. So. <laughs> well, I think it's a great idea. Sometimes people just don't know about, enough about people, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think you guys should tell your story, and uh, I think because guys would definitely make it interesting, and you know, it helps with the viewers too to connect with your audience. I mean, I'm in. I, 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 I guess. I mean, and maybe. I don't know. It, 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 it's tough. I, I think we try every pod. At least that's my goal to give a little bit about each of us. I mean, the, the last one was just me and Brad. I mean, Brad's got a lot going on, a lot of new stuff going on in his life, and I wanted to do that in a manner where I was not only respectful of Brad, but what he has going on. So whatever he wanted to share, it was up to him. But you know, I mean, there's it started as a truth. And that, which is Brad is single and ready to mingle, and then it's very much become a maybe a little bit of a punchline for a little while that Brad was single, and now look where look where we're at now. Brad's not single, so I mean, I think, yeah, and it's it's important. I felt to at least address it because we have talked about Brad being single so much on the pod that I felt it did deserve to talk about it because I think people are vested in him, Brad trying to find a significant well, if, other if you don't mind I'm going to give myself my own plug Gundog is single hey, I like it I am single ladies yeah. <laughs> oh boy yeah watch out alright I like to I, I like to talk about like you guys is the hint thing about you don't give the audience so much it kind of reminds me of the mass Singer they give you little hints <laughs> and you got to try to kind of try to figure out what's behind your guys' mask well, it's it's different now because they've gone public with it more and everything like that. But I, I'll be honest with you, on more than anything else, more than anything else, I just don't want to mess this up for Brad. I don't want to be the reason why this doesn't go good. I'm vested in him as a person. I love him. He's my best friend, and I wouldn't ever want to do anything to ever hurt him like that. So, but that, more than anything else, that was the whole reason behind it, you know. And then I, the rest all works out in the laundry. So, <laughs> all good, guys. Alright, so we'll move on to the hot takes then. And my first hot take is the Die Hard Battery commercial that premiered yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw it. No, but... I was, was trying Because it was Bruce Willis. And he was doing Die Hard stuff. <laughs> That's cool. And the best part, Argyle made an appearance. No way. Yes. Wow. So you need to look it up and watch it. Uh, we'll do that after the podcast. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That is cool. All right. And the second topic will be the Lions won yesterday. Yes, they, they did. Yep. I mean, if they couldn't have beat Jacksonville, I think we might have uh, been looking for a new coach after yesterday, if that was the case. Let me get, what do you feel about Patricia Gunn? Well, I don't like the comment that he made about... Uh, getting hired in there and, and the players that he had to deal with because if you think about it, Caldwell was 9-7 and when he got fired. You know, I don't always think uh, defensive-minded coaches can just come in there and, and turn over uh, a program, especially on the offensive side. Their specialty should be the defensive side of the ball, but yet we're still giving up tons and tons of yards. So... I'm not really a big fan of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think they're... I, I just think that... Uh, you know, how are you going to fire somebody that was 9-7? And seven and, uh, and then, well, I don't know, what is he, what was his best year so far? I don't, I don't I can't even tell you that right now. 6-10, I think. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough as a Lions fan to, to keep watching it. I don't totally get overly excited with the way it starts when they get those big leads and stuff because they seem to fall apart a lot in the fourth. And that that, that relies a lot on your coaching. Yeah. You know, um, that falls back on him. So, I think part of my problem I have with the situation is, is that I, I agree that Patricia is supposedly a defensive mind. Whether he is or not, that's sure. a different conversation. However, but... We spend all our money on one side of the ball, really. We spend all our draft picks, our money, and everything. And it's it's obvious why our defense stinks. It's because we don't spend any of those first round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball, and we don't max out a player on the defensive side of the ball. So, like, you're right. It just it's frustrating. It's yeah, extremely frustrating. Well, I'm totally with you on that. That being said, though, as you said, I don't think elite defensive players want to come play for Patricia. Agreed. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they should have never lost to the Bears. We all know that. Yeah. That, I mean, right there, you lose that game, and that, how, I don't know how the heck they go to Arizona and beat Arizona. I mean, I just don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. And you got a Minnesota team that's not very good this year, and, and then, you know, are we going to lose to them both games? I mean, those should be two games we should win right there. I didn't realize they were two and three. For some reason, I thought we were one and four going into that game. So, who knows? They got some winnable. If you look at their next three or four games, they got some winnable games. So, well, going into yeah, this week, the Lions have the easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. So we'll see. Don't stop believing. Exactly. Well, that journey in there. <laughs> All right, and the last topic I have is Big Ten football returns this weekend. So that's exciting. Very stoked about that, fellas. Uh, crazy thing for me about Michigan, because I'm, I'm a Michigan diehard fan, and uh, there's a lot of unknowns with McCaffrey gone, Mil- uh, Milton running the show, quarterback more than likely. Looks defensively, we still got some uh, some good defensive players. Uh, we got a, a great running back stable, which is great. A lot of young receivers. I think the offensive line's fairly new, so I don't know, man. I'm thinking. With that crossover game, I'm going to say 6-3 and three is my prediction. I don't know what you guys think on that, but, I mean, I'd like to be wrong, but they got a tough schedule. they got nine games this year at that point? Well, you got to remember, they do they do eight games, and then if they don't make the Big Ten Championship at the end, it's, they play a crossover game. So oh, if okay. they're second, they play the team in the West at second. Okay. So then you'd actually get ten games because you, you make a bowl. But I'm saying, just based on the regular season as far as if with this COVID thing, if they play all the way through, I think if they get to at least six and three with the schedule they have, I guess as a fan we can be happy. But that's just my prediction. I hope they'll do better, but they got a pretty tough schedule. This is the type of year where Michigan does well. Zero expectations. Right, exactly. You're right. Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe yeah. this dual threat quarterback they got Melton will surprise us. So we'll see. I'm excited though. Tired of watching all these other conferences play. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hot take or something to talk about. All right, I'll give you my hot take. And I, I've talked about this before, but LeBron James is the greatest NBA player I'll ever see in my entire life. That's my hot take. That's your that's your personal opinion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jor- I'm Jordan, baby. I, look, Jordan's great. I'm just here's saying. My, here's my only argument. Okay. He is 
phenomenal. LeBron James is phenomenal. I'm not going to take anything away from him on that body. The, his size, his body, the, him as a passer. I, I guess I didn't realize how good of a passer he was. And if anybody that knows me knows how much I love passing the basketball, okay? I can respect the heck out of him for that. He is a leader. He's strong. But I just have a hard time seeing him playing and staying healthy when the bad boys were playing and the Knicks and the physicality. I know he's got the body that he could take it, but every single game getting knocked in your can and taking it to the lane, I mean, look at it took its toll on Jordan. I, 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 I passionately and politely disagree with that. What I mean by that is, and what I mean by that is, is I don't think anyone could take a beating. Like, like when I, I agree that LeBron could be up, and he might at first have a hard time with it. Sure. But if LeBron could put his head down and play bully basketball like they allowed in the 80s, LeBron gets 50 a game. Okay, fair enough. You can't but stop don't him. You, don't you, but don't you think this era now is softer than it was before? The ticky-tack stuff that they call it? Some players, yeah. I mean... Right. Yeah. I mean we, can, we can sit here all day and argue who's the best. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I, mean, he's been, I mean, what he's done, how many finals he's gone to with how many different teams, with different players. I get all that, man, but... It's just that's the fun part of arguing about it yeah. because we're having differences because it's different eras, different positions. You know, I, yeah, LeBron could probably take Jordan down low all day, but you got to remember Jordan was a good defensive player too. Oh, I, I, not discounting Mike. I just, and I know in a way I am by saying that I think LeBron's better. I think, I just think LeBron's too strong and too big, just, like. I think we're using two different... So, like, let's talk about Kevin Durant. So, we could talk about Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant does well in the 80s. I just don't... I mean, he could shoot, and that's fine. But I just... A lot of times, I wrote this stat to somebody the other day. Somebody was like, man, the 80s basketball, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I said. The average score in the NBA in 1980 was 109 points a game. Average score, 109. 1990... From 80 to 90, it was 109. From 90 to 2000, it was 100. From 2000 to 2010, it dropped all the way down to 98 points. And then right now, 2010 to 2020, it's up to 103. Like, I, I think people sometimes forget how much scoring was going on in, in, in the 80s in the NBA. And it's true, it was physical. Like, Larry, you know, Larry was getting collared around the neck, and so was Michael. I agree with that, but I just think... I just don't think you can stop LeBron. I'm meaning that. He's like Barkley, but with, with a better skill set. Right. But I could be but wrong. In, but back in the 80s, you didn't have, you didn't have a 6'11 guy be able to shoot three-pointers like Kevin Grant does now. So that would have yeah. been different back then. Now, he would not have been able to deal with the physicality. Absolutely not. But the fact of having a guy like that as a playmaker in the 80s, being a, a big man shooting threes and shooting outside Jay like that, He's, he is a pure shooter. He's a very good shooter. But I, I, I see your point. It's just the eras are so different. Well, yeah, and, and we all joke, but we could say it here on the pod. We said before once, we'll say it again. Billy Ambeer was the first. Was a stretch five. Yeah, absolutely. That's yep. yeah. Yes, he was. Brad You're talks right. about that, that all the time. So he, he, absolutely right. He can knock down the three. He can mid mid range and then down low. He only get off the ground a little bit, but that's all right. You still got to do it. Anyways, my whole point with that hot take was is how do you feel about the Lakers winning another championship? Do you feel it's validated in the bubble or not? Yeah, I, I honestly I do. I think uh, you, you took away home field, home field advantage for 
all the teams, obviously. You didn't have the crowd noise. You, you're away from your families, which had to be extremely tough. Uh, the nightlife was taken away from some of these players, so I think that was probably beneficial to some of these guys, I think, to be honest with you. But it seemed like uh, with everything that was going on in the world, with you know the injustices and the protests and, and uh, all that stuff, you know, a band of brothers type mentality their team had, they, they just kind of collectively came together. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Lakers and Clippers were two of the teams that didn't want to be there anymore. If, if I'm being truth, truthful, I think those were the two teams. So now all of a sudden you don't want to be there. And now you gotta you gotta pull it all back in and get refocused and do what you have to do. Um, I don't think people realize how good Anthony Davis is. Uh, Anthony Davis is I, my personal opinion is probably uh, Dwayne Wade is a pretty darn good player with him. But to have a big man that can shoot like that and, and you know take over a game just like LeBron could take over a game, that's tough. And he had a lot of you know K, KCP piston player. Man, nothing pissed me off more than watching KCP ball out. I, I'm so bitter at KCP with his time in Detroit. Yeah, but, but, it's but to, your, to answer your question, yes, validation, yes, absolutely. They that that will, uh, you know, with everything that happened to Kobe Bryant, it was pretty much uh, inevitable that they were gonna they're gonna find a way to get it done, and, and, and they did. And uh, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't have a LeBron James shirt here. I do. <laughs> Now, I don't, know any, I don't know anything for Jordan, but what I'm saying is I, you can't take away from his Hall of Fame career that LeBron is is having or has had. And he's going to, you know, I don't know how many more years you think he's got left, but, I mean, as what I'm seeing is he, he puts in the time, the effort. He's well-conditioned. And if they keep some of that nucleus together, they're, they're going to be they're gonna be tough. They're going to be tough for a while, for a few, at least a couple more years. What do you think, Brad? I think it's validated. I don't think any championship should have an asterisk to it. Even with the shortened season, you know, it's still one, so. You think about it, all the games were neutral. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It was a pickup championship. That's sort of like what it was, but I'm all right with it. Awesome. Well, I think that's good. I think we touched everything, hot take-wise. Yeah, so we'll take a break, which we're just going to say is a break. Okay. And then uh, we'll come back, and then um, we'll keep going. All right, sounds good. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce and the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. Mr. Gunderson. Yes, sir. So why don't you, uh, for those of you who do not know who you are, are new to the pod. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? All right. Sounds good. Well, first of all, my name is Michael Christopher Gunderson. For a lot of you that didn't know, my name was Mike. A lot of people know me as Gun, Gun Dog, or even Gun Diggity. 
But anyways, a little bit of background information about me is, uh, you know, I'm born and raised from Flint, Michigan, where the great Bobby Allen is from. A lot of people might know not know that I was born from Flint. So that makes me a Flintstone, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, my parents, uh, Marlene and Gary, uh, married 47 years together. I have great parents. I have two younger sisters, Jalia and Natalie, that I'm very proud to have the family and support that I do have. Um, so basically, growing up down in Flint, uh, obviously a lot different than it was being in Alpena and, and uh, some other places, which I'll touch base on here in a minute. Um, growing up there, I went to a you know, public school when I first started, and then I ended up going to uh, Flint St. Mary's Catholic School. And that's kind of where I uh, fell in love with basketball was when I was in uh, fourth grade, so like when I was eight, nine years old, and uh, was surrounded by a lot of really great athletes. I know at, at the young age, I can say, oh, well, what do you mean you got great athletes? Well, we had a lot of great athletes at that Catholic school, some really great coaches and, and great players, and uh, so I went to school there and, and, you know, went to church every day, uh, except one, so six out of seven days we had to go to uh, church. Okay, so there was structure and discipline there, so I think that really kind of helped set the tone, especially living in Flint, instead of going to a public school. No knock on a public school, but it was more structured and disciplined. Um, ended up being lucky my fourth grade year, three or four of us players uh, ended up playing on the fifth grade team because the fifth grade team didn't have enough players. Okay, so we got the opportunity to take our lickings out of fourth graders to fifth graders. But I think that really actually helped us when we played in fifth grade. What, what then, sport are you talking about, Gunn? Just for our listeners. Talking about basketball. Yeah, yeah, okay. For the love of basketball. And the crazy story about my St. Mary's days were, if you guys remember Big J, well, one of our rivals was Burton Atherton. Okay? So Big J played at Burton Atherton. Uh, Charlie Ballmer played at Atherton. Uh, Mike Fordham, do you guys know who Mike Fordham is? Okay, so those guys all played at Atherton. Well, Mike Fordham ended up going to Illinois, but he blew his knee out for football. Okay, so he was a big kid. He was six foot two, two 215 pounds in like fifth grade. I mean, he was huge. I'm not kidding you. I'm not joking. So talk about being a little skinny kid and trying to go for a rebound, and he's just putting his uh, leg out and, you know, throwing you up instead of using his hands. But... And then Charlie Ballmer played at Mott, Mott Community College. So it's kind of cool, little backstory there. But uh, anyways, I'll just run by real quick. So my eighth grade year at Flint St. Mary's, uh, I told you we had some really good athletes. So football, basketball, and baseball, we compiled a 25-4 and record for those three sports. The only losses we had was in baseball. So football, basketball, we we were undefeated, and then we were, I believe we were uh, – nine and four in baseball but so yeah it was uh, quite the experience and uh really hard it was really hard when i ended up leaving my eighth grade year after my eighth grade year to decide where we were going to be moving because flint was getting bad and it was time to to move and we had a cottage up in harvard lake on the south end of harvard lakes that we always went to during the summer okay and then uh i ended up going to my dad's old school, Lincoln, Alcona, 
So not only did my uncle play there, or my dad's cousin, but my dad also played at Alcona, and that's where he wanted to see me go play basketball and get my education. So it was kind of pretty cool. So that was in 1989, okay? And I'll never forget one of the first things that I heard from one of the kids when I got there that was a player. He was a junior when I was a freshman. He says, well, I heard you're the kid that's going to come here and break all the school records at Alcona. And me being a shy kid at that time, I said, no, I'm just here, I'm just here to help win basketball games. Okay, that was always my mentality. And I was extremely shy in Flint. I, I wasn't as aggressive as I should have been, but I was a good team player, and I listened to the coach, and I worked hard, you know. But we, we had better players on the team than I was. So uh, Alcona was, you know, it was different going from a Flint, uh, uh, you know, inner city school, Flint, big city, to the, going to Lincoln, Alcona. That was, uh, that was def- definitely different. So my freshman year, uh, I played, uh, played junior varsity and came off the bench. So kind of got my feet wet. Coach, uh, coach Katona was my coach, and he was kind of like a drill sergeant. So he, he worked us hard. And uh, I, always, I was always told, you know, when someone's hard on you like that, when they stop being hard on you like that, that means they don't care. They stop caring about you. So... Some kids, you know, especially these days, kids can't take the yelling. But that was just something that, you know, you're accustomed to. And so, so coming to my sophomore year at Alcona, uh, I played on varsity for my sophomore, junior, and senior year, okay? We compiled a 51 and 16 record while I was at the school. Um, did play, I played point guard there. We uh, did win a district championship my uh District championship my uh, senior year. I did have uh, four dunks in the last six games. I think I had two. I did have two dunks against Marty Mix's Onaway squad, but he wasn't playing yet. I wonder if he remembers that. I had two dunks in that uh, district championship, and uh, that was pretty exciting, man. Just And I got a pretty awesome picture. I'm sure I posted on Facebook before. You guys have probably seen that. Everybody says it's skinny pimping up there, don't get with the mustache, <laughs> with the high top fade. So, anyways, uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of, you know, Coach Van Dyke was my coach. He was more like a, a second, you know, like a father figure, really hard, hard-nosed coach. He, he worked us hard, and uh, the one thing that he did to adjust to us playing, you know, when I got to school there, I think he, he saw that we had more athletes, so he changed his whole system to more running gun style, which fit right up my alley, especially when I, once I got a little bit of confidence, you know. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, I probably should have scored more at school. Like, probably a lot of people think I'm in the top ten in scoring, but I'm not. But I was more of a passer, getting everybody involved. You get everybody involved, everybody, you know, the effort's going to be on both sides of the ball. And, uh so I am proud to say that uh, I do have uh, the most assists in a game career, you know, for, for, for a game. I was 18. still hold the record for, for that record, uh, 18 assists in a game. Uh, I believe all-time in the school. I'm second all-time in assists for the whole – for the school, which is something I hold my hat high on because I, you know, always wanted to be an unselfish player. Um and then from Alcona, we, we, we lost, we ended up losing in the regional finals. Uh, one more win, we would have been the 
I think we would have been the second school to have gone to the quarterfinals. My dad's team went all the way to the semifinals in 59, and then they got beat by, I think, Kalamazoo Christian, who uh, ended up winning the state championship. So that that was something I wish we would have won that regional final game to get to the to quarters, but it uh, didn't happen. And then from there, I ended up going to Alpena Community College, where I got the opportunity to, uh, you know, you guys got to know me a little bit more. Um, I did not play. I did not play uh, in 1994. I graduated in 93 from Alcoa. I did not play 94 at Alpena Community College. That's when uh, Jeff Duncan took over for Frank Court, and that didn't work out. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I did not play and waste a year there. I felt bad, bad for Dan Marquardt. I felt like he had wasted a year with that coach that they brought in because he was definitely not good. That was not good for the program at all. And so Frank came back and. Uh, so in '95, I uh, said I'd give it a shot and see what I could do. But I, I you know, honestly, guys, I I felt like I had a pretty good high school career. You guys might not know this, but I did have a lot of self doubt. You know, could I could I play up there? Could I play at that level? And I wasn't I wasn't 100 percent certain that I could do that. But I was always going to put max effort. You know, we had we had a lot of great recruits that came up there that were better athletes and quicker and stuff like that, but I, I feel like if you if you put the time in and the effort and, and grind life out and grind practices out, you can see the improvement. So I did improve over the my freshman year to my sophomore year there, and I was very proud of uh, what I accomplished at Alpena Community College. So I did get my associate's, I did get my associate's degree at uh, Alpena uh, in liberal arts, so we ended up... Uh, Having a decent run uh, my sophomore year, we ended up making the playoffs. We beat Oakland in the first playoff game, and then we got knocked out by Mott. But that's pretty much expected when you're playing against the number one team in the country, Mott, most most years. Um, I did make the all-star team my sophomore year, which was a huge accomplishment with Demarius Flowers and Nate Torrey. So that was a high honor for me to be able to prove to myself that I could play at that level. Um, and that was coming off... You know, I was player of the year in 1993 in high school uh, for Northern Michigan. So I, I had a nice honor coming off of that with a lot of great athletes at that time, too, up in Alpena and the Rogers City and Tawas area. So um, once I left Alpena in 97, so I graduated in 97, I ended up going to Olivet College. And once again, uh, 98, um, I didn't get a basketball scholarship or anything. I just, I went, to, I just went to school, to Olivet. Uh, crazy thing about that is Dan Marquardt was at Olivet College and he had one year left, okay, and he played there and, and I came down there and, you know, and uh, we all know about intramurals because intramurals was kind of a big deal at Alpena when we when we all, when we played there. And uh, so I did intramurals and pickup games down there, uh, 98, 99, or excuse me, 98, 97, I had just get to Olivet and... Like I said, I didn't get a scholarship or anything to play basketball there. And me and two other guys were going to the gym playing ball. And, uh, you know, I was just doing what I love to do, just playing. And we actually were dominating the teams we were playing. And people came up to us and said, you guys know you guys just whipped the basketball team. And we're like, what? It's like all those guys you guys just played, they played on the basketball team for right now. Why are you guys not playing ball? 
my God, I don't know. We're, just, we're all here just playing. You know, we never got asked. So next thing you know, the coach was starting to come out and watch these pickup games. Okay, so then that's kind of how I ended up playing at Olivet. And the fun thing about playing at Olivet was Dan Marcourt was my assistant coach. <laughs> When I when I when I played my junior year there, and uh, but the best time of my life was when I played at ACC. I'll just make make it perfectly clear. Alpena Community College. I wish it was a four year school. I would have loved to have played there four years. Um, Olivet was okay. I played. I, I started. It just but you know when you're going there to a four year school, you know you do have some younger talent that they're trying to build a program. So a lot of times they're going to try to bring those freshmen and sophomores in, give them a lot more playing time and. You know, juniors and seniors, unless you're extremely good, you aren't, you aren't going to get your minutes. If you know, So that was frustrating for me because I didn't have as – I had passion for the game, but I think I lost a little bit of my passion when I was there because I had so much fun at Alpena and had success. And uh, that's just the way it rolls. So then after I left Olivet, I graduated in 2000. Uh, bachelor's degree in business management administration. And then from there, I uh, – Ended up moving to Traverse City in 2001, and I've been here ever since. Uh, I, I am a single father, divorced father of five beautiful kids. Um, Dominic's 16, Jaslyn's 13, Olivia's 10, Isabella's 9, Sophia's 6. So, God paid me back with four beauty girls, four girls and one boy. But uh, to be real, though, I mean, it, it changed my life in, in a very positive way. I, I value being a dad so much and uh they bring so much joy into my life and make me a a, a better man and that's kind of kind of my backstory i do um i don't know if you want anything else other than that i know you got another question or not well, no, I, I, so where do you live now i live still live in traverse city yep like i said i moved here in 2001 so i've been here uh, 19 years in beautiful traverse city uh, I, I love being here i work at uh munson Healthcare. I work in uh, telecommunications or IT, and a lot of people are like, oh, you just work with computers and stuff. Well, actually, I don't work with computers. I work with uh, the nurse call system, panic buttons, overhead paging, phones, data, pulling wire for that, programming, uh, portable phones for the doctors and nurses to use, voicemail systems, and then all duties assigned. So I kind of consider myself... Uh, the face of communications, and what I mean by that is I'm the guy that's on the floor a lot, building relationships with uh, the nurses and doctors and, and uh, the customers that uh, call tickets into the help desk, so they see me. Okay, we, we have about eight or nine guys that do a lot of the wire pull and, and do a lot of important things from their desk, from the phone switch room, uh, pulling wire. We have nine different hospitals that we're uh, responsible for, and that's not counting clinics. But I stay right in house at the hospital, so I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have a good job there, um, and uh, work with some really amazing people at the hospital, and and uh, they do a great job there. And uh, I'm eager to get back to work, which will be next week. That's awesome! What a great story. Thanks, man. I mean, um, obviously, I met you. Brad and I came into your life right around the. Uh, ACC days once you're done with Alcona at that point so uh, that's how we got to know you and playing Coach K in Bobby's apartment and all that crazy stuff so well, we, know how much, we, we know how much fun we had at Bayview man 
that was that really was a lot of fun. That's where we got to meet. Uh, I, I met a lot of great people at the park playing. There's a lot of great com- competitors, and it was a it was an opportunity for us to all just work on our game and you know the fun that we had down there playing. I mean, how many times did you go down there and go, geez, if you got down there too late, you're sitting out two or three games because there was already that many people down there, you know? Yeah, you're right. And it's crazy now when you go down there and drive by there and, and there's there's not that many people. And I know Cliff's, Cliff's done a good job trying to get kids down there and playing and stuff like that, which is great. I hope he has continued success with that. But uh, those days, man, will always have a special place in my heart down there man because I think that's where I really was able to really develop myself as a player because I felt like uh, not only did I have confidence but I had freedom where I could just play free and we had some we had some battles down there man and when we when we say pickup games we're not talking play for an hour we're talking playing down there for four hours you know what I mean and I mean, I miss it. I look back and go, man, that that, that was fun, man. We could just be ourselves, play, and we, there's always there was always gonna be there's always gonna be a story or two down there. Yeah, I think it's funny that uh, yeah, some of the best moments of my life happened at that basketball park. That's for certain. Yeah, you were the player coach, man. You were oh, man. running the show down there, and you know. I, I really, since you brought it up, I really tipped my cap to Cliff. I ran that summer league for two seasons, and or maybe it was just one. I can't remember. It was two. It was two. That's what I thought. And uh, it's tough, man. It involves time and the dedication and a whole bunch of other things, but I don't know. Something yeah, I just you don't. Know, you, should, you should be damn proud of yourself for all the stuff that, you know, not only Bradley does, but yourself does in Alpena, man. So I just want you to know that. All your your brother over here in uh, the west side of the state that doesn't go unnoticed, man. Because that's that's really special to be able to see all the things that you do and how active you are in the community um, in a positive way. And we need more people like you guys uh, doing that. So just so you guys know that it's important. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. We touched earlier about uh, ACC Alpena Community College being the best time of my my life. Not only the coaches that I had, but the players, the, the brotherhood that was formed, the sisterhood that was formed, um, lasts a lifetime. And I cherish those memories very much. But Coach McCourt believed in me. Coach Frank McCourt gave me the opportunity. He believed in bringing in local talent, not only for the community, but to give us an opportunity to take our careers to another level get our education, and do and play the game that we love so much. So I owe a lot to Frank McCourt for believing in me when I didn't believe in myself at times and giving me the opportunity to shine and have a successful career at Alpena Community College. Then the great Bobby Allen, Coach Bobby Allen, uh, the ultimate motivator, someone that... uh, showed you on a daily basis the love that he had for the game and it was infectious to all of us to work hard to play as a team to give your all put forth that effort um 
and he proved that on many occasions, especially when we didn't practice well. He he would put himself in the in the scrimmages and and show us and teach us hard lessons, but it paid off in the end. So um, he really uh, changed my life in so many in so many ways, but also he allowed me to have confidence in myself, believe in myself, show me that I had another gear in, in me that I didn't think I had and uh, take me to the next level. So to both those coaches, uh, Coach McCourt, Coach Allen, uh, thank you for uh, instilling confidence in me and believing in me and making me, uh, clone me into the man that I am today. So thanks for all you did and do. And uh, like I said, ACC was the greatest time of my life and I'll never forget it. And you guys are a big part of that. So thank you so much. So uh, you've been on quite the journey lately. You've alluded to that you get to go back to work. Why don't you tell us a little bit of what's going on with you? Yeah, fun times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's go back to, uh, we'll just go right to the day. Uh, July 21st is when my life changed in a positive way. Um, dropped my kids off to their moms for a week. And uh, after having them for a week and... Uh, Started had I had been experiencing some pain in my uh, hip, down my leg, and into my buttocks. Just sharp pain. I just couldn't figure out what it was, and it was getting worse. Dropped the kids off, and uh, got into my apartment. I'm like, man, what is wrong with me? So I thought maybe it was. I thought it was just sciatica. That's all I thought it was. So I laid on the floor, tried to loosen it up for a little. Tried to loosen up, do some stretching. Well, it didn't work. So then I was like. This is a little bit more serious than uh, I think's going on. So I called the ER and said, hey, are you guys busy? They said, no. I said, well, I'm going to try to drive myself up there because I said I'm in a lot of pain and I'm not sure what's going on. So they said, yep, get your butt up here. So uh, five hours later, gentlemen, since I'm stubborn, i uh, still laying on the floor, not getting comfortable. And I finally tried to get up to use the bathroom and stuff, and it was a struggle to get to the bathroom. And I, I have an apartment, so... It shouldn't take me five minutes to get into the bathroom. And uh, it felt like my back was like was broke. Like the pain that I was feeling, the pain was rushing down to my Achilles tendon like it was going to explode. I, I didn't know what was going on, guys. So luckily when I was up, I unlocked the door of my apartment and I got back on the floor. So this started at about 6, we'll say 6.15 at night. And I was still on the floor at 12.30 at night. So I called the ambulance, and I, when I flipped over, I was literally, my whole body was shaking. So I didn't know if I was going to black out for the pain or what was going to happen. It was, it was a really scary time for me, guys. And uh, so the ambulance came and got me, and uh, so now I have to try to get up. You know, they can't bring the stretcher up, up to seven steps. So I have to somehow get off the ground and walk downstairs. With a little bit of help, but still, I got to do it. So it took everything I had um, to get downstairs. I mean, I think that was just that competitive drive in nature that, you know, you refuse to lose attitude. You're, you're going to get down there. Well, the thing is, they finally got me comfortable. But then, you know, it's about a seven, eight-minute drive to the hospital. They get you to the hospital room. You know, what happens? They get you comfortable. They give you some pain meds. Now the doctor comes in. He's messing with you. Now I'm uncomfortable. I'll tell you what. I was, 
I was about to just lose my mind, guys. I mean, I was in so much pain now all of a sudden. They had just controlled it. Now I'm in so much pain that I literally was going to lose my mind. And luckily, the process probably was longer than I'm thinking it was. But the fact that I worked there, people knew me. They could tell that I was in, in, uh, I was in a lot of pain. They were able to somehow get me a bed. Uh, give me an MRI, and then the next day into Monday, they have been, there was a discussion of me having surgery. Okay. Now the backstory on that was 11 years ago I had surgery on my L4, L5. It ruptured my disc, ruptured, it just popped one day, and I fell to the ground. And literally, if you guys would have picked me back up, I would have fell right back down. I had I, I had no control, none. It was like in a sense being paralyzed, but yet you have feelings, but you have no control. Okay, so scary times. I don't wish that on anybody. And so now with the whole COVID thing, now I'm in this amount of pain. Everything's lining up perfectly. The doctor who did my surgery 11 years ago, bless his heart, Dr. Prusik, is on. So he knows kind of the history of what I dealt with. Okay, so that was in my corner. The MRI showed there was uh, some uh, disc, disc issues. I didn't know how severe, but obviously severe enough to have surgery. I totally had no strength in my left leg at all. None. Nothing. It was lifeless. Okay, talk about scary when you can't even. They wanted me to walk. I couldn't walk. Okay. So now, now I'm waiting on a COVID test. So here I'm downstairs for about an hour and 20 minutes in the prep room getting ready for surgery. So now I'm in the mind, mindset of, okay, I'm going to have surgery. I'm already relieved, fellas. Okay, in my mind because I'm going to have the surgery. But now i got to wait on this COVID test. COVID test comes back negative, okay? And I'm not kidding when I tell you this. I have the surgery. I'm in recovery. Pain is gone. It's totally gone. That, that horrible pain that I was feeling totally was gone. My mindset was clear. I could get up to the bath, go to the bathroom with a walker. No pain. None. Doctor comes in the next morning, check in on me, tell me how I'm doing. He goes, sends, shows me a picture. He says, you had your, your L4, L5, your L5 was ruptured, and your disc, was a jagged piece of your disc was digging into your nerve canal. Now, let me tell you this, guys. That is the worst torture I think anybody can go through is anytime you're dealing with your nerves. So... I hope you guys never experienced that. If you guys have ever, ever had sciatica, you kind of understand to it. But this was, this was, uh, this was amplified, and the pain was unbearable. And for me to have that surgery, everything lined up perfectly for me. The pain was gone. I, could, I was at, I was, my mind was at ease, and now it was time for the recovery. But the next scary part was, I was two seventy. Six foot three, two seventy, and you guys know me when I played ball. I was six foot three, one seventy five, one ninety at max. Okay, could jump out of the gym, could get play above the rim. Now I'm only dunking donuts, you know. And uh, so I just once once they came in, they said, "Well, you know what? You're you're pre diabetic." I'm like, "What? What do you mean I'm pre diabetic?" So that right there was the ultimate red flag for me. Not only the emergency back surgery I had to go through, but now all of a sudden you're telling me I, I, I'm pre-diabetic. So I knew I was going to be off work for six to eight weeks. 
I took it upon myself to say, listen, you need to do something with yourself right now, not only for yourself, but for your children. So I made a pact with myself to do little things to at least alleviate some of that pressure from my back moving forward, lose a little bit of weight, okay? So I, the, the plan was simple. It was pretty much uh, don't eat anything after 8 o'clock at night, drink more water, stay away from pizza, fast food, all that stuff. Um, small portions, and then I implemented some walking when I could do that. Okay, and you guys know on Facebook I was posting a lot of my walk times and stuff like that, how many miles I walked, okay? I think it was not only not only for the audience, but reassurance for me, the feedback from you guys for your encouragement to say, hey, dude, you're doing a good thing here, just keep going. Because sometimes we have tough days and we got to grind those days out, you know what I mean? So I started seeing that I had more energy. I, was, I didn't have as many aches and pains because I wasn't drinking pop anymore either. And then... Uh, Things started really starting to slowly fall in place. About, I think, two, three weeks into it, I was down 14 pounds. So I was starting to feel a little bit better. I was starting to sleep better at night. I had more energy. I was in a better mood. I wasn't so tired. And then I just, I think once you do that, the first couple weeks and you see, the first two, three weeks, you start seeing results. And people are noticing that. Or you notice your pant size is a little different and you're not hurting all the time. I think that kind of gives you that initiative and that drive to keep pushing forward. And I continue to push forward. I keep, I keep, I was walking more extensively. I was walking twice a day and I was walking up to anywhere between seven to 10 miles a day, you know, now and still implementing that, that stuff after eight o'clock, not drinking or eating anything after eight o'clock, small portion control. So I, I'm proud to say after 13 weeks, I'm, I'm 220, 220 pounds. So I lost 50 pounds in 13 weeks just by tweaking a few things, putting a little bit more effort as far as not really not running, but walking. And, uh, I, man, I'm seeking the rewards. I've seen pictures, the difference between it then and now. And, and I'm healthier. I feel better. Um, and it's like I said, sometimes those obstacles, we get thrown in front of us, guys. But... We have to. We have no other choice but overcome and conquer. You know, you gotta knock those obstacles down. None of us, none of us like what COVID's done to any of us, and and uh, nobody likes to be restricted as far as what we can do in life. But at the end of the day, we still gotta live. Life never quits. Life is always happening, and we gotta keep pushing through. So that was pretty, uh, pretty uh, intense story, and it's it's a feel good story for me. And I think people that are having, say people that are struggling with their weight, if I can do it, anybody can do it because it's, it's just a little bit of effort, you know, a little bit of effort. I knew I wasn't going to have my kids because of my ex was letting me heal. So I, I appreciate that even though I miss their little faces and their, the time with them. But this allowed me to get myself back, you know, my wellness, my well-being. And uh, like I said, I, I feel great other than dealing with the, the hernia surgery that I had a few weeks ago, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of my story there. It's great stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll do our top five. Lumberjack basketball players. Both 
male and female. And uh, Gun, you being the guest, you get the first pick. All right. Well, I did not know this was female too. I thought this was only men. Hey, we said lumberjacks, buddy. All right, man. You gotta know here at the kitchen we are uh, outside the box. We no, we just we respect the female game, and that's all I'm saying, man. You know what? I respect the female game too, because believe it or not, we have had some really good talent at ACC with women basketball players as well. Yeah. So. uh, That's a really fair assessment. I don't. You're not going to get me to say any, any disagreement there. Yeah, it's just his determination, his will. He had a second, third gear that you just were like, okay, this is. He, but a lot of times he's out there toying with us, and then it was like, okay, if somebody made him mad or whatever like that, it was just like, oh man, yep, there's Bobby Allen, and you know, so that that that's my first pick, uh, hands down. All right, Brad, I'll give you a second pick. <clears throat> All right. This is easy. My number three pick is Justin Chas- Justin Chapman. Excellent, excellent pick. Uh, he was on my list as my number two. Probably one of the best all-around players all time at ACC. Just a great young man. Um, he he could rebound. He could 
he could take over a game in so many different ways. He could score, he could distribute the ball, he was a great rebounder, a great teammate. He was all academic, unbelievable young man, and it's it's a shame that uh, you know we lost him when we did. You know, just sad, sad to hear about what happened to him and that drowning and everything years but years ago. But I'm glad that they honored him at the school with the banner and, and retired his jersey. Uh, well deserved. Great pick. I mean, that's a solid pick, man. What's that? I said that's a solid pick. We got it good. Everyone started out good so far. Yeah. All right. We're on the same page, guys. Yeah. So we're snaking, so that means it's up to me for number two. Yeah. Um, man. I gotta, I'm trying to think more of what you guys would do than I am worried about me. All right, man. I need a big man. I'm going Big J. Big J? Jeremy Williams, baby. Giving him some love. It feels really early in the game to select Big J. But One thing about Big, one thing about big J, though, is this. You know, he, he had soft hands, so what I mean by that is, you know, he, he was a great big passer for a big man, okay? And he, he, was, he was a big guy to get around. So when he set a pick for you, you were definitely, there was, there was no reason why you were going to get a shot off. Yeah. A, a, clear, a clear, clear, clear look because, you know, him set the pick. And he was a big body and he was a, he was a great teammate. Like I said, playing, being that teammate, playing against him in fifth grade. And the Rista. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Big J, man. Give Big J some love. All right. Brad, your number two pick. All right, well, it's got to be gone. So, thanks, man. I know he's not going to take himself, but uh, no, I won't take myself because I thought I was already on the team. But thank you, man. <laughs> I mean, what would you say about your boy? <laughs> I, mean, I need, I need some reassurance and some encouragement. You can shoot the ball, all your ball. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, don't it's forget about that no goddamn caribou either. <laughs> Remember when I dunked that man? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Remember, I got mad at Dan. I said, "Dan, why are you leaving, man? Bring it right back at me, man. It's just that's that's that nature, man. Yeah. And you know, I'm not somebody that's gonna dunk on somebody and hoot and holler at him like, oh my God, look what I just did to you.' But yes, that was a uh, that was a proud moment for me when uh, Mr. High Top Fade from Flint, Michigan, came down with the Thunder Jam. All right, guys. So I get the next pick. Yes. I'm going to go with uh, Nate Torrey. Nate Torrey was a uh, fun fact about Nate Torrey. Nate Torrey if, was not a starter at the beginning of the year. Somebody had got hurt on the team, and I can't think. I want to say it was Grosser, Scott Grosser that got hurt. Somebody got hurt, and he was given the opportunity to play, and he never looked back. And, uh, you know, being six foot four from Brimley, kid was a load. He could rebound. He was pretty unstoppable offensively. Great teammate. Strongest uh, hands in the world, man. Yes, yep. Great kid, uh, great teammate. Love playing with Nate. Uh, one of the greatest moments I, with Nate was we played in the playoff game against Oakland. And uh, we were tied. We were tied up, and it was a no-brainer who was getting the ball. The ball was going to Nate, and Nate ended up doing a fadeaway jumper with as the time elapsed, and 
nothing but net as soon as the buzzer went, and we ended up beating Oakland, getting our first playoff win in a while at ACC. And uh, that was that was great, man. Just he was a great teammate, man. So Nate Torrey would be my second pick. Well, we're sneaking, so we need your third pick now. All right. So here's I'm gonna give my dad a plug here in a minute, but uh, my third pick because these two have something in common. Aaron Hinska. Mr. Double Double. Man, you got a lot of strong hands on your squad, man. Hey, I got to have guys protect me, son. But what I'm saying about Aaron Hinska was, talk about uh, country strong. That, that guy was uh, a double-double. I mean, he was born a double-double. That guy was an excellent basketball player. He was strong, great teammate. He could score it well. He could get you... You know, 15, 15, 20 rebounds a game. I mean, he was tough. But here's a fun fact that you guys might not know. My dad, Gary Gunderson, who uh, Aaron had scored 46 points in a game. He had tied my dad for all time most points in a game at ACC history. I don't know if you guys ever knew that. I think my dad still holds the record there with 27 rebounds in one game. Okay, and it was a different. We talked about eras earlier at the beginning of the show with LeBron and Jordan and all that other stuff. But the different eras, you know, now you got those three-point shooters that are constantly shooting the threes. But back then, you know, they powered the ball down low, and the big man had to, you know, get their get the rebounds and put it back there. But so Aaron Hinska is definitely who I'd pick. Uh, and like I said, he has him and my dad share something special together, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. So I figured I'm gonna pick him and give my dad a plug. Awesome. So, I like it. Right. Thanks. All right. For my third pick, I am going to go with Trent Duncan. Tito. Yes. Get him the uh, yeah, Brooklyn's finest, Trent Duncan. He was, I tell you what, he was just like Tony Robinson. Bobby and I talked about this earlier. Tony Robinson was probably the best defensive player that I can remember at ACC. Tony always played against the, the toughest matchups. Well, Trent brought that same mentality, that Brooklyn mentality of he was more of a defensive player than offensively. He could run the show, but defensively he was that was his strong suit for Trent. So that's just my opinion on Trent. Man, I need a third pick. So let's see, I got a big guy. All right, so I need I need a, I need somebody that can help Big J out, but still can shoot. So I'm going Andy Marwade um, for, for for third number third my third pick. You know I don't I don't remember getting a chance to watch him play, but I heard he was quite the athlete. What does he do now? He's a what what is he's a professional in what? Disc golf, and I'm not gonna just I didn't just do this pick to do this, but it's gonna work out. And he's our guest next week on the pod. Oh, <laughs> no, but I think that's I think that's that's awesome, man, because I I know who he is and I know he's a good athlete, but it's funny that you said that he's a, a disc champion or in the pros because I work with a guy, uh, Ryan Ryan somebody that uh, that does a lot of disc golf too. And I think he's pretty good too. Now I don't think he's at the elite pro level, but that's that's pretty pretty awesome. So good pick. He's going to be one of our first professionals we've ever had on this pod. I mean, I guess in, in a way we're all professionals, but yeah. professional yeah. athlete at least. Yeah, I like that. But I like that. That's good. And he can shoot. I think he's finishing in the top fifteen of scoring of ACC at all time. That's 
athletes that played there. What um, what year did he play? I guess I don't know. Well, probably five years ago. No, longer than that. Okay, so he's okay. So yeah, there's a lot of games yeah. that I missed. Yeah. Probably last five six years, I haven't gotten a chance to get home too much to watch. You know, I still pay attention to like the box score. So, all right, who's your next one? Cool. I'm I'm waiting on the guards because I it's just too tough. It's too tough for the guards. You got two more. So. Man. This is so hard, dude. I need another shooter, and then I need something to handle the ball. I mean, I'm a mess because I got Andy. Andy's gonna have to play the four because I got. I'm gonna ask Justin to play the three, and then I got Jay holding down the five. I need. I just need but shooters. You do, know, you, do, you do know that Justin can play one. I know that's but. Oh, I know Bobby's on my team, so I probably won't even see the ball. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> this plan. Just people I like, huh? Because this is... Come on, who you like? I know you got somebody on the tip of your tongue right now. I got a whole bunch of people, man. This is tough. I don't want to just pick... All right, fine. I'm going with Micah Guard. I got somebody that's going to get everyone fired up. No one's going to act a fool. I'm taking Chris Dorsey as my point guard. Chris Dorsey. That's a good pick. He was, he was, on, he was on my list. I, had a, like, I have a lot of names on my list, but Chris Dorsey... Uh... Yeah, he's a fun, he was a good player, definitely a good basketball player at ACC, and he's doing a hell of a job as a coach right now. I don't know if you guys are friends with him on Facebook or not. Yep. You can see, yeah, he, I mean, that's great to see the mentor that he is to those kids. He's a great coach. I think he was coach of the year last year. Um, that's that's really great to see that, you know, to see that um, giving back. And, you know, he's got uh, he's married, got beautiful children, and uh, family man. And, uh, uh, yeah, Chris is a good dude, great selection, good pick. Right. Uh, my fourth pick. I'm just gonna go with shooters and Hans Parker. Oh yes, Parker was. Hans Parker, I still talk to. Hans Hans was just a pure shooter. Hans definitely uh, kick could shoot. He was a good athlete. Um, being at Alcona, I got a chance to see him a lot because you know he was a, he was a young kid when I was when I was in the varsity and my senior year and. He was a tough matchup for most people, and uh, just a he's a he's a great kid, man. A good athlete, comes from a good family. Um, yeah, that's a good pick, man. Hans, uh, yeah, if you could spread the floor and kick it out to somebody, he'd definitely be somebody you'd want out there, man, for sure. Oh yes. Yep. All right, so it's, I'm up. Number four and five. Four and five. Uh, I'm gonna stick with one of my brothers that uh, he was he was Mr. Crossover and Mr. Teardrop himself, Demarius Flowers. D Flowers, baby. Demarius, uh, Demarius. There was not a team that uh, that could press him. The kid could have bad handles. Just a, he was so much fun to play with. He had a lot of energy. Always smiling. Like I said, great teammate. 
he was a true point guard. You know, I played point guard in high school, but to me, he was a true point guard. You know, he he just was, but he could score. He could he could he could kill. He kind of reminded you a little Kyrie because he could. He had a ball of string. He could score. He could score. And he always saw the guy didn't teardrop up and it'd frustrate those big men because they come in there to block his shot. He's throwing those teardrops up. And uh, yeah, Demarius Flowers, man. And he got to this angle so good off. He'd get you to lean in one way, and he'd be able to just go the other way. Yeah. Oh. He, set, he, he set you up, man, and, and then that was it. So, uh, all right. So I, I'm liking my squad, man. So I got Bobby, Nate, Henska, D Flowers. My next guy and me coming off the bench. He asked for more. Just kidding. All right, my fifth pick. So many great names on this list. I'm going to go with uh, Eric Parker. I don't know if you guys know where Eric was. Six foot eight, six foot nine. Um, actually, I think he. Uh, I don't know where he went to college after he left ACC, but I, I, I know he was playing semi-pro ball when he left. And I know that he's got some championships because he posted, you know, posted a lot of those. Um, but, yes, uh, yeah, so Eric Parker. I know I got a lot of bigs, but I figured, you know, D Flowers, uh, he'll, he'll find a way to get the ball to him. So, all right, who you got? Alright, my last pick's gonna be Sugar Shane Ison. Oh, nice. Need a big man. <laughs> oh, Sugar Shane, baby. Sugar Let me tell you something right now, Brad. He's getting he's getting beat up by he's gotta get it through Bobby, Nate, and Hingska. That's fine. He's no, he, he's he's not happy right now. Yeah, you just make sure you have a ice bath ready for him after the game. <laughs> I need a shooter, and I got two guys. I'm going to say they're both in their names because it's like a shout-out, and I already made up my mind. So I'm choosing between either Jason Tapio yep, yep. or Marty Mix, and it's really easy for me. I'm taking Marty Mix with my last pick. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Marty is Marty is, uh, he is a, he's a born leader, man. Like, uh, he, 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 he grinds. He's a very good player. He's a floor general. He works hard. He's going to give you max, maximum effort. His size can be deceiving because he, he, he gets a shot off. And he's a great team player. He's just a great leader, man. Like I said, a born leader. Um, I'm actually honored that I'm going to be able to do a podcast with him. And, and, and uh, in a couple weeks, him and I are going to do a podcast. So he's going to be one of my guests. So I'm excited about that. But, uh, you know, if, if I if I can, I know we're done making our picks, but yeah, I, shout out time. Can I? Yeah. So I mean, some people we, that I'd like to talk about was uh, obviously the Bayview legend himself, uh, our very own Kevin McHale, Michael Lane. <laughs> yeah. Not talking about Michael Lane. Uh, big Smo, Dennis Smolinski. I thought of taking Big Smo as my big. I did it. I mean, uh, you know, obviously you can't you can't talk about a team without. These guys are very similar. Dan Marquardt and Jason Brickheisen, those two guys, you know, they, they give you max effort all the time defensively. They're just, they're hounds. Teardrop. Yep, absolutely. Um, what about Dirty Bird, Derek Brooks? 
He's Chi-Town. You know, and then you have uh, like you see who else? Uh, Matt Matt Ponick was really good. Doogie, I think Doogie was on the list for uh, oh, debut. I should yeah. have had Doogie. You know, Doogie was another one. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever got a chance to watch this young cat play, but Kyrie Daly. You remember him? No. He was about five foot four. He's probably the quickest kid I ever saw, and how high he jumped for his jump shots were incredible. He was an incredible. I'm surprised you didn't see him. Uh, Big Perm, Jeremy Delauder. He was one of the better shooters that came out of there. Uh, Josh Walker was another guy that played with Justin and Eric, I think, Porter or uh, Parker. Gary Greenwood, Ben Crows, Drew Kemp, Roderick Knight. Those I thought of Drew. Yeah, I mean, you got any, you guys got any couple other guys that we maybe forgot about that we didn't mean to? Buddy. Buddy. Buddy Stedman. Yep. Easy E. Easy E, yep. Easy E was another one. I can't believe he picked me first in the Bayview uh, pick, but uh, I'll be that number one draft pick. Thank you, Pete. Easy. Um, yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of good players, man. We really did. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are just some names that. Uh, Dude, I really wanted to take. I'm not gonna lie. I really wanted to take Christy Whaley over Chris Dorsey. Christy Whaley over Chris Dorsey. Christy Whaley, yes. I, to be honest with you, Christy Whaley, phenomenal athlete, better human being. She actually stopped over and visited with me a couple weeks ago uh, when she was in town. Uh, I talked to Ty and her often, but Christy was a great athlete. I'm trying to think of uh, who was the girl that broke the record, Cole. What was her first name? Oh, I just was looking at you her. You know what I'm talking about. There were yeah. two Coles, but... She was all everything. She did everything. She was, she was all state, leader. all conference, and all region. Yep. She was uh, f- phenomenal at watching her. She was so much fun to watch. She kind of reminded me a little of uh, Rip Hamilton coming off screens, coming around, never stopped moving, and she could she could fling it. Um, yeah. Those are some uh, some good players. Absolutely. We forgot about B-Dub, too. Wickner. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, there was... Yeah, so to be honest with you, you know, ACC, we, there was definitely a lot of talents, uh, a lot of talented players up there. We had, we, we, we did have some good teams there. Um, you know, I wish Coach Jacobs the best. I hope that, you know, he, he can get those kids heading in the right direction and, and keep moving. He's a nice guy. and He's passionate about, you know, the players and coaching and stuff like that. And the fact that who would have thought Bobby Allen would still be there 27 years, you know, it's still there. He's done a lot. Of, he's done a lot for that town. And, uh, like I said, I consider him family and, um, definitely number one on my, my list. But I tell you what, I was fighting over Bobby and, and, and Justin though, because Justin is so, such an all around player. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, that was a that was a great pick. So, yeah, it's good to bring up some uh, older names, uh, kind of more our era. You know, when when we were all there, even though that's not taken away from any of the the fresh players that were had played since we had left. But you know, when you're not familiar with some of those players, it's kind of hard to uh, give them their recognition or their their love. So, all right, well. I appreciate you uh, swinging by the kitchen tonight, Gun. Well, I enjoyed it. I 
look forward to listening to this. I know you guys will do a good job, and uh, I enjoy listening to you guys and keep doing the good work. And uh, once I get my drop a line, hook them podcast mode and rolling, uh, I'd like, like to have you guys uh, both be on for me, and uh, let's get to know you guys a little bit. Yeah, I like a little pod for pod action. I'm, I'm, we're always down for that. Yeah, so that, that'd be cool. So I'll probably uh, reach out to you guys at some point just to kind of touch base on. I'm still working on my stuff on my end that I'm still got questions about. And I know you both have busy schedules and stuff like that, so just when you guys can get at me, uh, you can answer my questions. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, we um, our schedule looks like this the rest of the next week. We got Andy, and then it's going to be me and Brad. And then the week after that, we're back to Matt Duffler to go over our drawing giveaway winner. So um, that kind of brings us, that's a whole month of podcasts in there for us. And that's not bad considering where we sometimes fall into. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. And we we appreciate you coming by, Gun. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate the time and uh, keep going.